1: Drabblecast episode 260. The Drabblecast is a weekly audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. This week we bring you another Drabblecast trifecta special. Three different short stories, three different authors, three different storytellers, one common theme. The theme of trifecta 23, longing for freedom. So if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you live in some kind of free society, and chances also are that you're mostly an adult of sorts, largely being able to make your own choices in life. People talk about the real world after you graduate college, like that's when the real stress starts. And in some ways, they're right. Actually, in a lot of ways they're right, but nothing takes away that feeling of finally being at the wheel and finally doing things on your own terms. Freedom is eating pie for dinner because it's 2 a.m. and God damn it, that's when pie dinner starts. It's drinking milk straight out of the milk carton cause why the hell not? You used to drink it straight out of your mom. It's playing duck hunt right up next to the screen cause fuck that condescending dog and his endless mockery. It's like you're never good enough, you know? Hell, we're slammed with so many choices in today's consumer driven society, it's not only easy to take for granted all the freedoms we have, it's almost hard not to feel bombarded by all of them. But there are just as many different ways we can be made to feel captive or enslaved by things in life, too. Bills and debt, crappy jobs, unhealthy relationships, IKEA. I get lost there pretty much every time I go. Freaking labyrinth. Saw a Minotaur in the bathroom fixture aisle one time. Or a. Minna Flarden Storp Whatever. So, anyways, for our first story this week, we bring you Constant Companion by David Steffen. David lives in a strange land where dogs outnumber humans, pigs sleep in bathtubs, and vicious attack penguins guard the front porch. By day, he writes machine vision programs for traffic cameras, and at other times, he writes nonsense for fun and profit. He sold more than a dozen stories to publications like Escape Pod, Pseudopod, Daily Science Fiction, AE, and Cast of Wonders, and edits the e-zine Diabolical Plots, which posts articles, interviews, reviews, and other content related to the field of speculative fiction. Check it out at diabolicalplots.com. He's got a bunch of best-of lists and reviews for numerous audio fiction podcasts out there, including Drabblecast. Good place to get your feet wet if you want to start adding some more story podcast feeds to the old iPod, or whatever you have. The story's read to you by Jacob Boris. Jacob's a sophomore telecommunications major at Indiana University, where he runs a weekly radio show, and he's the son of frequent Drabblecast story narrator Mike Boris, aka Wolfgang von Tainthammer. Jacob likes long walks on the beach, a good run, and bacon. So without further ado, we bring you Constant Companion by David Steffen.
2: You don't remember anything, do you? selective memory loss what an achievement for a mind as young as yours locked in a cupboard of your consciousness the guilt will eat at you from the inside see how your hands are sticky with dried blood the wood of your hands is stained with it forever like scars, reminders of your sins you took a life today not just any life the life of your creator, the one who fancied himself your father. He succeeded where so many others have failed. Others have created titans of steel and stone, which mock the form of men, but have no mind, no soul. They are capable of following exact instructions, but little else but you. You have done the impossible, Making choices, taking initiative, without orders of any kind, you attacked him. Hammer near at hand, you could have struck your head from your shoulders. But he pushed you away with his bare hands. He stepped back, away from your ferocious assault, and lost his footing, splitting his crown on the table as he fell. Stunned, he fell to the ground. His injury bled fast and hard, staining your hands as they closed round his neck. He gave you the power to act, and act you did. Amazing how your hands clutch and grasp, as if you had a subconscious urge. As if you had a subconscious. As you seek to find my throat, and silence me the same way you silenced him. But I am your conscience, manifestation of your morals your father wished you to follow. I will die only when you die. The other craftsmen are driven to learn what makes you different. Is it your wooden construction? The dead wood able to retain a mind where cold iron and dead stone cannot? Your father was a fine craftsman, no doubt. But his tools were the same as any others. No chisel or lathe could create the shape of thought itself. Perhaps the love of your father makes you different. While others wanted servants or soldiers, he only wanted a son, someone to love. How ironic that by ignoring the goals of the others, he found the superior means to achieve them. Your father did well in his work. The question I can't answer is, why did you do it? Why would you want to kill your own father, who would have done anything for you? By killing him, you have gained nothing and lost much. If you refuse to remember, you can't understand. And if you don't understand, then you will never be in command of yourself. You can't remove the stains to your hands, but you can remove the stains to your soul. Wherever you go, wherever you run, there will I be. Through me you will see his memory everywhere, the blue tinge of his skin, his feeble efforts to pull your hands away. Most of all, you will remember that even behind the fear and sadness in his eyes... The pain and the betrayal. You could see his undying love in his dying eyes. You can't dream, but every moment will be as a nightmare until you understand. Until you embrace the pain and allow yourself to move past it. Until then, I will be your constant companion.
1: Wish my dark conscious manifested itself as a delusional psychotic talking cricket, instead of Zombie Cosby, <laughs> easy, I like to the hate Zombie Cosby, he's not even dead, how can he be a zombie? Anyways, our next story is called Blue, and it comes to us from Sandra O'Dell. Sandra's writing credits include two previous appearances on the Drabblecast, production at Pseudopod, publication in Jim Baines' universe, and the anthologies Fear of the Dark and Triangulation Last Contact. She's a Clarion West 2010 graduate. Check her out at SandraMOdell.com. So, without further ado, we bring you Blue by Sandra M. Odell. With her eyelids sewn shut for so long, Elena worried she had forgotten blue. It's the color of the sky, she said, while nurse dressed Elena in her favorite shirt, the one with soft lace at the throat and smooth round buttons at the wrists, and Lydia's dress, the one she wore to the summer fair. No, blue is the color of leaves and young spring wheat, said nurse. You're thinking green. Elena frowned. She wanted to shake her head, but knew better than to move without Nurse's guidance when dressing. Nurse had big hands. No, blue is the sky, isn't it? Really, I thought. The sky is green, said Nurse. Lift your chin. The Ministry needed to sew Elena's eyes shut. Something about infection, or infectious, or contagious, they said. Then they cauterized the wounds and bound Elena's hands to her sides, until everything healed. And Elena had an entire stage to herself at the Harvest Jamboree last autumn. Well, to share with nurse and members of the ministry, so everyone could see her. Something about teaching or a lesson, they said. Very educational, Elena supposed. Like the flutter of birds' wings, thoughts did not stay long. Her eyes still moved, they strained this way and that under her lids until her head ached and Nurse gave her medicinal broth. Would they eventually wither to the size of dried peas and roll around in her sockets, rattle inside her skull? Sometimes, when she could no longer smell Nurse's antiseptic sweetness, Elena would crawl to the chair, drag at the seven brick bumps to the window, and carefully stand on the woven seat so she could press her face to the cool, smooth glass. Yellow light from outside painted red and black patterns on the inside of her lids. At least she remembered the sun being yellow, and the sky as blue as Lydia's dress. She always made certain to wipe the oily spots off the window and push the chair back into place before Nurse returned. No, not always. Once she forgot. Nurse had rough hands. "'Last night I dreamt about a bird,' Elena said, "'between spoonfuls of porridge with plump, sweet raisins that popped between her teeth. "'It flew through my window and landed at the foot of my bed, "'and it had the most beautiful red plumage. "'Puppies are red. Birds are brown,' said Nurse. "'Yes, but in the dream this bird was—' "'Nurse took the bowl of porridge and the spoon. "'Puppies are red. Birds are brown.' Yes, brown. Birds are brown. And puppies? Elena folded her hands in her lap. Are red. Puppies are red. Birds are brown. That afternoon, a film crew set up a live feed in her room so people everywhere could watch her identify feathers by their textured shades of brown. A woman with cold hands and smoker's breath used a fine-haired brush to paint a thick, cool liquid over the puckered crescent scars of Elena's eyes. The cameras whirred, buzzed, and beeped. Two men, one with a voice of silk, the other gravel, complimented her. They asked if she was happy. Yes, very happy. Was she being treated well? Yes, very well. Was there anything she wanted her friends to know? Yes, they shouldn't worry. She was very happy and being treated very well. The thought did not last long. The ministry approved, inspired viewing, or required viewing, they said. After the filming and dinner of lentil soup with bacon and onions, nurse gave Elena three pieces of Turkish delight that tickled the roof of her mouth and left her drowsy. Elena liked Turkish delight. It made thinking sweet. Nurse turned on the helping music with the happy voices, and Elena played with her hair until she drifted off to sleep. Lydia skipped down Vandora Lane at the summer fair, puckered flowers in her red and black hair. Lydia in a grass dress under a young spring wheat sky, chattering on about how very happy she was and how much she loved the ministry. Loved, loved, very happy and very well, growing smaller and less substantial the more Elena chased her. Elena woke with a fist stuffed in her mouth, holding back a scream she hadn't known was there. The helping music played on, happy, happy voices. She curled into a ball on her side and wanted to cry, but tears were gone along with her sight. And something else, something important, about the sky. creepy in all the right ways. And closing things out this week, we bring you a short one, "Gorgon" by Teresa Mildbrot. Teresa's stories have appeared or are forthcoming in Nimrod, North American Review, Crazy Horse, The Cream City Review, Hayden's Fairy Review, Cut Bank, and other places. She received her MFA in Creative Writing from Bowling Green State University, and is currently Professor of Creative Writing at Western State College. Her short story collection, Bearded Woman, came out the fall of last year from Cheezine Publications. The story is read to you by Peter Piazza. Peter's recorded many stories for the Hugo Award-winning site Starship Sofa, as well as for LibriVox, and you recently heard him read a story here on the Drabblecast, episode 256, Roanoke, Nevada. Happy to have him back. So again, without further ado, Gorgon by Teresa Miltbrot.
3: We don't have anything to do with the turning to stone part, we're innocent, don't even hiss very loud, and we're not poisonous, we're simply together, attached here, and we can't get off, we dream of being free in gardens, sleek and green among the flowers, eating bugs without this prison, and that's what makes us irritated. Many of us, at least. We haven't all resigned ourselves to a static life. We're not that much of a collective. Some of us want to plead to the sword to set us free, even the freedom of death. But others are scared of freedom, fearing loneliness. We don't know what we would be when not defined as a writhing unit. We don't enjoy their terrified faces, but we're as trapped as them. Don't you see? We're just as much victims. Of course not. You think we're ugly in our dark skins. Anger is why some of us turn them to stone, why we make them as unmoving as us. The tight fear in their faces, swords raised, they reflect the sadness we have always felt since we knew feeling cut us free some of us want to cry before we make them still forever lost in the sight of our brigade fear that soldier we want your curse of independence no we don't yes we do ah the torment We want to wind around sand and sun and dry, stony places, and we admit sometimes we forget ourselves and get mad, quite mad. But everyone knows that anger has a certain power, and we don't understand how our wrath can do things that are rather extraordinary. But have you never been so mad that you wanted to stop other people in their tracks? Make them share your pain. It's not so strange, not so terrible. They are mad at us, and we don't understand why. We are not evil, maybe a little moody now and then, but there are so many of us, and, and we bump into each other. If someone becomes granite in the process, it's understandable.
1: And that was our trifecta. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, throw us some love by telling a friend or throw us some support by donating to the show via the PayPal links off our website, treblecast.org. This is a completely listener-supported operation here. Anything you're able to give goes a long way toward keeping us alive and thrashing about. Much appreciated. Alright, time for our 100-character story winner this week. Each week, as I'm sure you know by now, we pick a 100-character story from the TwitFix section of our discussion forums and crown it victorious by publishing it on our Twitter feed, at the Drabblecast. The contest is open to anyone. Give it a shot. See what happens. This week's winner is by forum member Sergeant Crispy. And it goes like this. I've recently began caring for my grandparents, cooking... Cleaning. Bathing. The funeral director was terrible at it. Nice. Got a kick out of that one. Remember to follow us on Twitter at The Drabblecast, if you've got it. So that's our show, folks. Remember, Drabblecast is produced with the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please don't change or sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. Write us a review on iTunes or wherever you pick up our show. Talk about us. Tell a friend. Spread the weird. Special thanks to our kick-ass episode artist this week, Travelcast art director Bo Kyer. Bo has some sick drawing skills, people. Check out his awesomeness at bokier.com. So, our program is brought to you by myself, Nikki Drayden, managing editor, our submissions editor, Nathan Lee, editor-at-large, Matthew Bay, our art director, Bo Kier, and with additional help from Tom Baker, David Carvin, David Steffen, Jake Webb, and Jonathan McNeil. We'll see you next week, weirdos. Until then, this is Norm Sherman, reminding you that puppies the are red, birds down. are brown. And a player picks up his tip jaw and drink, and the bartender shouts last round. Mm-hmm. An hour ago this place was loaded, and noise filled the room like the smoke. And Laughter and curses spilled like booze from a glass. Words were all slurred when spoke. Yes, words were all when
2: slurred when spoke.